Cotney Construction Law is dedicated to helping the construction industry in legal, risk, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's Law & Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cotney. Hey, it's Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Construction Law. And as always, I'm here with John Kenny, our CEO of Cotney Construction Law and Cotney Consulting Group. And uh, we've got a lot of great things to talk about today. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Trussell's one of our great affinity partners, please check our website for more information on what they can offer to our subscribers. Um, John, we've had uh, a lot going on in the news, a lot of different things I wanna talk about, but you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is coatings and uh, a lot of different uses for it. Um, you know, really gained a lot of steam over the last decade. Um, all different types of products, different uses, different manufacturers. You know, just speak in general, you know, what have you seen out there? Obviously, for those of you that don't know, John was uh, uh, in the industry as a contractor for 45 years, worked for a variety of different companies, so has a lot of firsthand experience with coatings. What would you say some of the best practices are for use of coatings, and what did you see out there while you were working? Sure. Well, coatings have definitely uh, have come and involved into their own marketplace. Uh, and back in the early parts of my career, coatings were mainly considered resaturants and were used for restoration projects. Over, over the years, coatings have uh, developed and evolved into much more than what they originally started out. Um, just to drop back a little bit on the history side, you know, you know, we like to post our history and you go back to some of the 1800s and early 1900s, it was actually paint evolved into adding some tar based into it used as a preservative of over top of tin roof. So, you know, the history is long with coatings, very, very long. In today's market though, you know, we have a lot of manufacturers out there that have spent a lot of time in testing and different things and the product product approvals and other approvals. So they're used in the restoration end of an existing roof and they're also used in, in a new roof assembly with uh, reinforcements and membrane meshes and different applications uh, over top of metal roof systems basically fall into three major categories. There, there's all different ones, but you have your acrylics, you have your urethanes, and you have your silicones. That's your three main major um, product lines. You do have some resaturants, which is what we just talked about before. But the biggest thing to do with that is follow the same good roofing practices you do with any other roof system. Dry surfaces, humidity conditions, no bad weather, ponding water, imminent rain. So the basics apply regardless what type of system you're putting down. Always, always refer to your manufacturers, especially on coating, because every coating manufacturer does have a little bit different how it's applied, the ambient temperatures, the millages, the thicknesses, the coatings, and all, you know, besides application rates in the time spans between application coatings, some of them 24 hours, some of them less, some of them more. So again, you need to pay close attention to the manufacturer's instructions when you're putting these products down. Yeah, that's that's some sage advice, John. You know, it's um, coatings are a great product. I've seen them used in a variety of different applications, and you know, it's amazing sort of the technology that you've seen uh, over the last ten years help develop and sort of redevelop some of the formulas. It's um, you know really sort of um, evolved over the last you know at least decade to two decades. I've seen some exponential growth and how the way it's been used you know just from my side of things which is primarily the legal side of things i i agree with you you know making sure that you are following the manufacturer's recommendations are critical um you know watching out for that mill thickness making sure that you are are getting uh proper saturation application down documenting that um 
you know, one of the, the key things is warranties is recognizing that when you are selling, um, you know, a coding uh, system to your customer, um, that you understand what the warranty provides and what it doesn't provide. And in turn, you know, there's always two types of warranties and a lot of this, some of this is basic for many roofing contractors, but some of it, not so much. So generally you got a workmanship and you got a materials. And oftentimes there are manufacturers that combine both into a no dollar limit type warranty that you've got out there. Um, but one of the things that you want to watch out with coatings is whatever the manufacturer's warranty is for the system, you want to have it mirror your workmanship to a certain extent. Okay. And you want to, if there are limitations within that warranty, you want to make sure that your workmanship warranty also has identical limitations. So don't oversell the product. Just like with any system, it doesn't matter what it is, make sure that you're selling within the capability of that system for that roof. Every roof is different. It might not seem that way, but it is. Um, so that's generally a lot of the stuff that, that I see from sort of a legal perspective. Again, documenting installation to the extent that you can, very important. Um, follow this manufacturer recommendations. Um, John, you know, warranties in general are, are something that's always been um, uh, potential liability for roofing contractors that are out there. And one of the things you and I were talking about just the other day is uh, I can't tell you how many contractors, especially residential, they don't spend any time and actually craft a warranty. You know, they will say one year workmanship warranty, but they don't have a document that says, here's what it includes and what it doesn't include. So, you know, when I see that, I ask the contractor, I say, okay, well, does this include if they've got a, a solar contractor that comes up after you and messes up the roof? Does it include uh, the fact that the homeowner doesn't do any maintenance whatsoever, doesn't clean out the gutters, doesn't do anything? Does it include if a hurricane hits? Does it, you know, all these, these types of things you need to address in your warranty so that it's not, um, you know, an unlimited, unequivocal warranty, regardless of what happens on a job site. Um, that's one of the things that, that I really recommend that it's not just the contract or the proposal, it's having that written warranty document. And, you know, another practice pointer I like to throw out there, we're in tough times with COVID-19. Okay. If you haven't experienced a shortfall in AR, you're going to at some point, keep in mind that that warranty is always sort of that, that carrot that you can hang out there to get paid. Okay. And your contract should state you don't get a warranty until you get paid in full. Okay. And that way you can use that as an incentive to make sure that, that you get paid. So pull that out there. John, what have you seen, you know, as far as warranties sort of out in the field, what, you know, any, any advice from sort of a practical standpoint? Uh, warranties, that was good advice about using it as an AR tool. Um, definitely works. You don't want to give that out till you get your final closeout documents. Uh, sometimes as a contractor, you run into where you need to give the warranty in order to get your final, you know, five, 10%. And, and that a lot of times is okay to do because you're not going to get paid unless you do it. Make sure that whatever manufacturer you're working with, in case you don't get paid, has a clause for you to notify that they will, you know, notify the uh, suspension of warranty to the owner until it's paid. Uh, I've had to do that a few times over the few years I've been involved as well. So it's a fail safe. So you want to understand your warranties. Don't oversell a warranty. That's the biggest thing when you go to sell a job. They are a great tool, but make sure you as a contractor understand what is covered and not covered in that because the worst thing you can do is sell something that's not in the warranty. And then when the owner finds out they have an issue and they're like, well, my roofer said, you don't want to be in that position. 
So you as a contractor should understand what's in every one of those warranties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been in some difficult positions where we've had, you know, a contractor oversell a warranty and we've got to come up with some creative solutions to help remedy that. And, you know, it can be, you know, extending the workmanship warranty. It can be uh, providing there are certain bonds that can be provided for warranty obligations. There's a variety of different other things. But bottom line is, is don't get yourself in that position to begin with uh, because it's hard to get out from under it. Um, it's always used. If you can't produce what you said you were going to produce, then you're not going to get paid in full. So, um, John, I want to I want to end this with something fun. You know, we are, we're talking about business. We're talking about legal. But uh, you and I both love the industry. We both love roofing history. And we both have some pretty decent collections of stuff. I don't think many people are aware of your background and how you kind of came up through the ranks. And I always enjoy that story because, you know, you'll tell me something about how you did it, you know, when you first started. And it's just, it's ironic, the, the contrast between what we have now versus what roofing was when you started. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about sort of your background and how you came up and maybe a, a story that you might remember that uh, people would like. Yeah, well, I started uh, a long time ago into the, in the 1970s. And um, when I first started, I definitely feel that 95% of every roof system we did was either built up asphalt or built up coal tar pitch. Um, when EPDM first came out, we used to, actually cheer when we got a chance to get off of coal tar pitch. <laughs> um, so we, we've seen that aspect. So I think the generation of roofers that I'm in and others that are in my range of 40 plus years, we're probably the last generation that can say that we have done pretty much every roof system that's been out there. And what I mean by that is roofing, Fairly well was stable without many changes from the 1800s all the way up till the 1960s and 70s. I mean, sure, in the 60s, EPDM started getting introduced, and the 70s was a little bit of the PVC in the United States and around the world. But for the most part, it was built-up roofing, so everyone grew up to learn how to do built-up roofing in the industry. I come from third generation. I am actually third generation in the roofing industry. My grandfather started in 1924 with a Model T. Uh, Ford, that was his first company vehicle, and I even remember some of the trucks he talked about, work trucks, they were horse and buggies during the Depression because they couldn't afford to put gas into the engines to get through it, so I had the advantage of hearing those stories. Um, I learned a lot from my grandfather. My father also was in the business. He's now retired, but some of the stories that I, I've heard from the old-timers, I like to call them old-timers, even on my end, that worked through that depression area through World War II and into the boom of the 50s. That, that's history, that, that's stuff you can't hear. I remember starting out as a young man, they wouldn't even allow you to drink water out of the same tar bucket. Yeah, we didn't have OSHA-proof containers then. We actually took a tar bucket and heated it up in the kettle to get it clean and then filled it up with water, and that was your thing. And they, you had your own, they wouldn't even, until you proved yourself, you were not even allowed to drink out of the same water containers then. So things have really changed a lot, and it's uh, it's been a great industry. I, I got to say, I enjoy every bit of it, and look forward to another twenty years of uh, working with, with the contractors. But if you do ever get a chance to have a time to sit down with someone who is retired in this industry, 
Take that time to talk to them. You will hear some of the most amazing stories you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the thing about um, roofing is there really, there isn't enough um, effort out there to preserve the history. And, you know, one of the things I like that you and I have done is, is we've started using hashtag roofing history with a lot of the, the stuff that we have, you know, I, I started off with signs primarily and, you know, I've collected those for years and you've got a variety of almost everything, billheads and letterhead and all kinds of advertising and manuals. And, um, so if you're ever interested, you know, go on to Facebook or LinkedIn and, and search, you know, hashtag roofing history, you'll see some of our posts about it and, uh, interact with us. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very important to us to, preserve that history uh, because if we don't do it, you know, collectively, if the industry doesn't do it, then it'll disappear. So, um, John, I think I want to end with that. That was really good. And just, you know, I want to tell you, man, I really respect you. It's, it's a pleasure to be able, it's an honor to be able to work with you. I, I consider you a legend and, and it's, um, you know, I love doing great things with you, man. So same here, Trent. All right. So stay tuned for next time. We'll come up with uh, some more topics as always. Uh, we appreciate you attending and, uh, you know, stay tuned for more. We'll, we'll think about some good things. If you guys have any ideas of stuff that you want us to talk about, please feel free to hit us up. Uh, we're game for anything. So thank you guys.